Welcome to the Why on Earth Community Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron William Perry. And today we're visiting with EarthX Film Festival director, Haley Nenadal. Hi, Haley, how you doing? Hey, good, good to be on here. Yeah, it's, it's great to have you on. And uh, I'm really looking forward to chatting with you about uh, all that you've got going on with EarthX Film. It's, it's pretty exciting. Yeah, it's an exciting time for us. Yeah. Haley Nenadal has nearly two decades of experience working with film festivals, including Sundance, Telluride, and Mill Valley Film Festivals. At EarthX, Haley oversees the festival programming and operations while also programming and consulting on film and documentary projects developed and acquired by the organization and distributed across its brands. She joined EarthX four years ago as program manager for the festival. Before joining EarthX, Haley spent 10 years at Sundance in Park City working in artist relations and production, where she developed a network of relationships with talent and industry executives. She was assistant production manager for the Telluride Film Festival, working with teams to build the beloved festival venues and also served as operations manager for the Mill Valley Film Festival. She also worked in programming at Mountain Film Festival with hosts, which hosts outdoor adventure and environmental films at their annual Memorial Day event. Haley began her career at Industrial Light and Magic and has worked in films and television production, including 12 Years a Slave and the HBO program True Detective. She was recently named a jurist for the documentary shorts competition at South by Southwest in 2023, which is coming right up, Haley. Maybe we'll we'll jump right into this most Exactly. Uh, it's currently in, happening. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um yeah, tell us. It's it's so great having you on, by the way. I'm really excited. We've got we've got a number of, of great things to chat about today. Tell us what's happening with, with South by Southwest. What's yeah. going on? Well, the exciting thing is South by Southwest actually starts next weekend, um, on the ninth, I'd say, ninth or tenth. Um and you know there, there are several different jurist, jury uh, groups for the festival, and I was um, asked to be on the shorts doc, um, which is coincidentally my favorite section of films, um, chosen to be on that jury. And I am lucky to be on um, with someone from MTV and someone from Vimeo. And so um, we've actually already done the judging and we've already done the deliberation and we've already chosen our winner. Um, what's really cool about it, and I didn't know this going into it, but it's an Oscar qualifying festival. So um, our award is um, can be Oscar qualified now that um, they're getting a jury award. So it's just a really great way to get, I think that um, shorts, but documentary shorts kind of get a little bit of the short end of the stick in terms of um, people seeing it and people it getting in front of people. So I'm hoping that awards like this and South by Southwest can get more, more eyes on these great films. That's so exciting. Well, I imagine, although you guys have already made your decisions, that's not, not something you'd share uh, yet, Secret. right? That's a big <laughs> yeah. The award is on the, tw- uh, ooh, the 13th, 14th, yeah. the 14th, that Tuesday of the fest- festival. So, yeah. Very good. Yeah. And we're, uh, ordinarily we, uh, publish our 
interviews a few weeks after we record, but in this case, we're actually going to do our best to expedite and get it out ahead of time so folks can be a part of that exciting announcement. And although we'll we'll do our uh, normal behind the scenes chat after recording our main episode yeah. here today, Haley, we probably won't even uh, announce the winners there either, but you never know. You never know. Um, no, no. I, I think I would be remiss not to mention that EarthX Film is also doing an official event at South by. Um, yeah. We we've kind of found you know EarthX is is all about climate stories that matter and um, we are partnering with a company called Gnarly Bay and a musician named Kishibashi um, to put on an event on March twelfth at three ten at ACL Live um, to talk about climate stories that matter and just kind of how film and music can help address um, environmental issues. Yeah. And, you know, what's amazing to me is, as you and I were discussing the other day, this this whole movement of independent film festivals and a variety of films, documentary and otherwise, mm-hmm. are, are sort of uh, transiting this arc from entertainment and, and art per se into mm-hmm. activism and even like inspirational educational pieces helping the public to become more aware and engaged in a number of these different aspects of the ecological and social challenges that we're facing right now. And you've sort of seen this evolution firsthand in your various roles. I mean, I think it's really hard not to respond to what's happening um, from an artistic viewpoint. And I think that a lot of organizations, um, a lot of these nonprofit film organizations are kind of waking up to realizing that those stories need to be funded and the, with grants and that those stories need to be showcased um, to kind of just start the conversation that needs to be happening in the public. Whether it's a hopeful conversation or it's an activism conversation or it's a like, holy crap, we got to do something conversation. It's kind of all of those things at once. Yeah. Yeah. It's very interesting. We've had the opportunity to connect with a few different filmmakers in the last year or two and a couple of the documentaries that that I've had the opportunity to view, you know, are are sharing really, really important information, but also can end up feeling pretty heavy and, and leave me feeling anyway, like, gosh, I'm not sure what I can do about that particular situation. And I'm, I'm curious, as you're seeing a lot of these films and working with a lot of these filmmakers, do you often have conversations around, you know, what's the call to action? What's the opportunity for the public to get involved with the issues? Yeah, yes, definitely. Um, we're definitely having that conversation. I think I think it's hard not to make a film that's hard right now for people to watch. Um, constantly having films come across our desk at EarthX Film that are like, oh, Man, that's a rough, it's a rough, it's an important film, but it's a tough film. And um, what, how how can we, like you said, walk away, have audiences walk away with some sort of action item? And, you know, for us, we're also looking for an action item that's more localized. um, Because I do think like, nationally, we need to be doing things. But if everybody starts locally, that's actually quite a movement. Um, So we're based in Dallas, Texas, um, which I think a lot of people don't imagine an environmental film festival happening in Dallas, Texas. But um, we've been incredibly excited and energized by the fact that there are a lot of people doing the work in Dallas, Texas, and they don't they're kind of quietly doing the work. 
and they're kind of quietly doing the work all together. And then when we're kind of showcasing them, like a partnership with a film we're showing that is exhibiting some of the stuff that they're doing in their community, they're so excited. And so it kind of seems like the right time, right place for the work that we're doing to kind of collaborate with locals who are also doing it in their community. Yeah, that's that's so exciting. And I, I had the opportunity to get down there uh, for the EarthX film uh, festival gathering in 2019, right before COVID. And of yeah. course, we, we got to give a shout out to Trammell Crow, who has spearheaded so much uh, around all of this. He's the founder of EarthX and has been on our podcast and mm. is, is doing so much in the way of environmental leadership, assembling coalitions of organizations from all around the world and, and really helping to elevate the awareness around many of yeah. these issues. I, I think it's amazing yeah. some of the things I've heard happening in Dallas and, and elsewhere. Yeah. So. yeah, yeah, we have the unique like mission and opportunity to bring both sides of the table to the environmental conversation. It's not a Republican Democrat issue. It's not a conservative liberal issue. It's, it's an everybody's world earth issue. And how do we, how do we kind of both come to the table and come up with solutions? And I personally think it's the best way to do it. I, I, I don't think we're going to move the needle if we're just looking to one side for solutions. I really agree. And, and, you know, this also sort of makes me think about another interesting point, which is the role of storytelling in, in these movements, working on these various issues, impacting all of us all over, regardless of our political views, our yeah. socioeconomic status, what have you, we're all being affected by these situations. Mm -hmm. And um, obviously, film is a very powerful medium for storytelling. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm a writer, as you know, I write books and, yeah. and I, I am struck by how potent these uh, opportunities are to affect people's points of view and, and actions in the world. What do, you, what do you see there in terms of the potential that storytelling can help in these myriad challenging situations yeah. that we're facing? Well, I want to pick an example of a filmmaker that we work with often. His name's Ben Masters. He's incredible. He's from, I believe, near Austin, Texas. Um, he has a science background, then turned filmmaker. And he's kind of, <laughs> I've heard this, I've heard this convert this term in environmental climate story conversation, but the Trojan horse method, where it's somebody who is 100% walks the walk and talks the talk, but he, like, he is a Texan through and through, but he also is deeply, deeply tied to the environment of Texas. Um, he makes films about species um, important to Texas. He just made this film called Deep in the Heart that is kind of like the, um, oh man, I'm forgetting that kind of the BBC environmental, um, it's oh, like, um Attenborough. Uh, yeah, but it's like yeah. the environment. It's like the te the Texas version of that. Matthew McConaughey is actually the narrator, um, and it's it's kind of like it's the move of he tells a really good story with incredible imagery, and no matter who you are as a Texan, you walk in and you see that film, and you're like just so amazed at this state that you live in, and so proud of all the environmental work that's happening there and all the species that live there and the beautiful landscapes and all that stuff. So it's, it doesn't, 
like people come and see his films with like the idea of I'm going to see a Texans films. And then they come back with a purpose of like, wow, that is like what it means to really be a Texan. Like I really want to embrace the place that I live in. Um, So I think that that the idea of people coming into a movie theater or people, I think music is the same. Um, people coming into an auditorium where someone's playing and they're really there to enjoy the art of film or music. And they come away with a deeper um, understanding, knowledge, um, information, um, idea of something they can do for their community and their world. Um, So I think, I think calling it the Trojan horse method is funny, but it is true. It's like, you're coming in for one thing and you're leaving with another. And um, it's pretty cool. Oh, that's so cool! How I'd love to see this one deep in the heart, Ben Masters. Oh, yeah. How how do we how do we find it? Where is it? I think I want to say it's streaming on a major platform at this point. You definitely can rent it on like um, Apple, on Mac, but yeah, very cool. Yeah, that's wonderful. a that's a, a wonderful story. I look forward to checking that yeah. one out. Um, and then I of course want to uh ask you about now EarthX film is is mm. producing content mm. um kind of shifting from the folk exclusive focus on convening films filmmakers yeah. and others but now you're producing content tell us what's happening there i mean it's so exciting to hear about this yeah. well two of the things we brought up kind of come into play with our reasoning for this and one of it was that we want to showcase hopeful stories. And so A, we want to help support fund filmmakers. We have a grant, an annual grant now where we're supporting a um, environmental storyteller, a filmmaker. Um, but we decided that we also wanted to make some of the more of the stories that we want to see on the big screen. And um in our work of convening people and showcasing film in Dallas, we came across this incredible skate park that's in the Oak Cliff region of Dallas. Um, and they're called Four Down. And um, it's an amazing, oh, I don't even know where to start with Four Down, but the two wonderful skaters, Rob Cahill and Mike Crum, um, both born and raised in Dallas, started a skate park and now have like, they're feeding their community, they're building community, they're starting a regenerative farm, they're starting a hydroponic farm. And like, I mean, they started with, I've grown to really love the skateboarding community. I think they're really innovative, but like in, as, as skaters do, they're just constantly innovating on how to be supportive of the community that they exist in. Um, And I think when people hear that there's a compost hub and a regenerative farm in like the city in the center of the city of Dallas are like, wait, what? Um, and we kind of said the same thing. And so we partnered with, um, a company called Gnarly Bay. Um, they're based both in Colorado and I, somewhere in the Northeast, uh, great production company work with them. Um, a director named Danny Schmidt, and we made a short film about four down. It's literally called four down. Um, and it's going to, I also a secret, it's going to premiere at a couple really big film festivals. And we're really excited to kind of, and everybody says the same thing when they see it, they're like, I don't see a lot of hopeful stories these days. And seeing this hopeful story, it totally changed the game for me. Like everybody leaves the room so inspired. So 
that's that we we're already achieving our goals which is really cool that is so amazing and uh you know i um heard recently that at the upcoming earth x gathering in dallas which is touted as the world's largest earth day green gathering with something like over 200,000 people expected to show up during those few days we'll be down there why on earth will be down there this year um i heard there's also going to be some big uh skateboarding lesson opportunity that uh is uh actually doing a sneak peek of the film there too oh my god you'll be able to see the film and rob will be up there and some of the the cast of the film um yeah they're gonna build a half pipe like i think a lot of people when they think environmental films they're thinking people climbing through the grand canyon rafting on like you know they're they're in the grand tetons or all that stuff and like getting outside can also mean um get on your skateboard and ride the streets of dallas and i think that for us it's like we're really meeting dallas where it's at and that's how people a lot of people get outside is skateboarding and so um at the annual earth day expo which is earth x then what everybody knows us for um in fair park i think it's I should know this off the top of my head. I think it's April 20th to 23rd, um, 2023. Yeah, we'll have a, um, Fort End will have a half pipe built. There'll be skateboarding lessons. It'll be fully part of the whole exhibit. So it'll be really oh, fun. fun. Yeah, yeah, that's going to be a, a total blast. Yeah. It's uh, it's amazing. I'm going to have to tell my son about this. He's he's an avid skater himself. So cool. Yeah. Yeah, and of course, there, there's this uh, really interesting sort of Dallas and Texas connection with Colorado in this EarthX ecosystem. And although EarthX Film is based in Dallas, uh, you're also here in Colorado. Colorado, I know. I'm based in Telluride, Colorado. Yeah, yeah which is kind and of an epicenter for d- films. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I'm I'm just curious. Um, what is it? Uh, for you personally, what is it about living in that part of the mountains that helps in your, you know, connection with nature, with the work being done in the environmental movement? And, you know, I'm, I'm just kind of curious from a personal point of view, uh, what do you, what do you do over there? Are you a hiker, a skier? What are you into? Kind of all the things, right? I love to hike. I love, it's now the season to ski. It's not snowing currently, but it has been. Um, yeah. I mean, if you have ever been to Telluride, Colorado before, you know, it's like this tiny little town in this big, big mountain range. Um, and in this small box Canyon. And I think that, you know, when you're in Telluride, it's hard to imagine that the rest of the world exists. Cause it's like the mountains are so immense all around you. Um, for me, um, I actually grew up in California along the coast and I don't know if I ever, under like I knew I didn't know if I could ever live away from the ocean because it's such a part of life there and then when I saw these mountains they kind of hit that same sense of wonder um yeah Telluride is an epicenter of film creatives um with the Telluride Film Festival with Mountain Film with the Bluegrass Festival there's just so much music and film that comes through here so it's like kind of a constant muse in that way um and I actually was living in I was working for an organization called Mountain Film um, right before I started working for EarthX. Um, very similar to our goals with EarthX, um, really exhibiting 
change makers, activism, environmentalism, all of those things through the films. And so kind of taking some of the best practices I learned there, applying them to Earth X. Um, and also, I'll, I'll be really honest, the top visitor to Telluride is, tech, is from Texas. Yeah. And the top visitor from Texas is from Dallas. So we actually have a lot in, we have like a Brit big sink up here. There's a lot of people who are who are lovers of EarthX that, that come and spend a lot of time in Telluride, completely separate of me knowing them. And so it's like a very cool thing of people spending time in the mountains and also living in this city in the South. So, yeah. That's great. Yeah. You, you had shared with me a little bit about your uh, childhood experience over there in California, San Luis Obispo yeah. area. Mm -hmm. And I, I thought it was really striking uh, some of the experiences you had growing up and uh, would love for you to share a bit with our audience about that. Cause it's a really interesting part of your background. Yeah. I mean, I, I've kind of reflected why I, I don't know if everybody does this, but I at moments have reflected why I am the way I am or what, why my goals are what they are. And I've kind of come to the conclusion that a lot of it has to do with where I grew up. Um, I'm from this little town called San Luis Obispo. It's not really as little as it was when I was a kid, but it's a college town about seven miles from the ocean. Um, deeply, deeply environmentally connected we have a like the largest farmers market in California. We are um, big. It's very unspoken. It's just kind of the general practice. A lot of people are regenerative farmers. A lot of people are very connected to the way they farm. They're not. It's there's not a lot of big farming around that area. Um, there's also a very large nuclear power plant about seven miles from it. Um, it's the only one still up and running in California, and. My parents, as, long, as well as many of my friends' parents, moved there in the 70s to uh, protest that power plant and stayed because it was so beautiful. And now, actually, that power plant is being seen as a major solution for the future of um, carbon and climate change. Um, Biden just put in a significant amount of money, as well as the governor of California, to keep it open because um, it's a carbon neutral energy. And so I think kind of having all those awarenesses around me and just, it's just kind of a way of life to be more connected to your outdoors. I kind of took that into all the things that I do. And I can't forget to say that we have the first solar powered movie theater. Um, it's called the Palm Theater and it's an independent movie theater. So he shows what he wants and he shows really good films. And so I'm kind of having that cross section of this really cool movie theater downtown where I saw a really good film growing up. And then it also being so, the first solar powered. Um, it's so funny because nobody talks about it. It just is what the way it is. But then when I go anywhere else and I say <laughs> these facts about my hometown, I kind of can't believe a place like that exists. So yeah, it's something I'm, I'm very proud of that I'm from there. And um, yeah, it definitely influenced who I am. Yeah, that's absolutely so beautiful. Absolutely wonderful. Let me uh, remind our listeners that this is the Why on Earth Community Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron William Perry. Today we're chatting with Haley Nenendal, the the uh, festival director of Earth X Film. And uh, I want to be sure to give a shout out and thanks to a few of our sponsors who make our podcast series possible. Um, this includes Purium, Waylay Waters, Soaking Salts, Soil Works, the Veriditas Society. And you can find links and deals and discounts to those products 
uh, and find information about those great companies uh, at the whyonearth.org website under our partners and supporters page. Of course, want to also give a shout out to our ambassadors and those who are engaged in our monthly giving program. And if you haven't yet joined and you'd like to, you can go to whyonearth.org and click on the donate or support button and set up a monthly giving uh, program for yourself at any level that worked for you. If you would like to give at the $33 or greater level, we will, as a thank you, send you a jar of the Waylay Waters Regeneratively Grown Hemp-Infused Aromatherapy Soaking Salts as a thank you. That's available in the United States at this point. So uh, thanks to all of our supporters. And yeah, Haley, folks can find more information about EarthX Film um, on the website, which is earthxfilmfestival.org. Of course, you guys are also on Instagram, LinkedIn. Uh, both of those are EarthX Film. And then on Facebook, it's EarthX Film Festival. And uh, if you're interested in learning more about the huge gathering happening in Dallas in April, uh, you can go to earthx.org uh, to learn about that. Why on Earth Community is going to be down there. All kinds of wonderful leaders, organizations, and uh, folks from the general public getting together uh, to celebrate the environment and learn more about what we can do to be better stewards of the environment. And uh, hope to see you guys there. And yeah, Haley, I, I am, I, I, I'm sort of, you know, chomping at the bit here to know, like, what else do you see coming up uh, in the coming yeah. months and years? And I imagine you probably have a few things in the works that you can't talk about quite yet, but would love to whatever extent you can give us kind of yeah. a glimpse into what's coming. That would be wonderful. Yeah, for sure. I will. So Earth Day our expo, which everyone knows Earth X for is happening in April, but we, um, starting last year, we separated out the film festival from, um, the expo. It used to be a festival within a festival. We kind of decided that was too much. And we really wanted to give time and space to the filmmakers and musicians. There will be films at the expo in April. Um, I believe 12, um, which is awesome. They complement the conversations happening up on stage, um, which was kind of what we always wanted to have happen. Like how are films complementing the conferences, the policymakers, all that stuff? How are they giving examples of what needs to happen? Um, but in October, October 20th to 22nd, we will have the EarthX Film Festival, um, three days, Friday, Saturday, Sunday of great films, um, we're looking at, we're not fully confirmed, but looking at being in the Bishop Arts District, which is a really up and coming artist neighborhood um, of Dallas, um, trying to make it as walkable as possible um, and intimate as possible, truly. I think I think sometimes people get caught up in like, I want a theater with 800 people. And we're like, we actually want a theater with like 150 really stoked individuals uh -huh. and or newcomers, people who have no idea what they're walking into and they walk away with something new. Um, so that's kind of, we're going for the more intimate look this year. We're also looking for a more, a more interactive approach to a film festival where like we show a film about compost and then you actually feel composted soil or you're like, mm. you're learning what goes into your compost by like actually practicing it in a workshop after the film you just saw. So we're kind of, we're kind of looking at different ways to just really engage people, especially post COVID, like 
people not just being, I feel like so much of COVID people were kind of being talked at or they could, they were only receiving from this and they weren't, there wasn't like a back and forth conversation. So I think that's really what is the impetus of all this is we're just like, we want people to feel heard and also learn new things. So I think what's going to be, we'll see, we'll see what October looks like, but we're really excited at kind of like a new model and making it film and music and workshops and conversation and just kind of like a, just a new thing. That's so cool to hear. Yeah. That, that hands-on tactile interactive pieces is so potent. And uh, what, one of the things we've been doing a lot of with the Y on Earth community is these biodynamic land and water medicine stirs. Basically we're planning to do one down in uh, Dallas for Earth Day. And uh, yeah, it's it, when we when we literally physically touch the soil, the compost, and interact with all those microorganisms, and experience the benefits of boosted serotonin production. I mean, there's science showing that interacting with soil microbes regularly boosts cognitive performance, immune system function, all these yeah. wonderful good things. And uh, I, I love to hear you guys are thinking about that because often when we're sort of thinking about film and story and even like digital media, like a podcast. It's not always like immediately translating to physical, interactive, embodied things we can do. So it's it's really cool to hear you guys are, are thinking that way. Yeah, absolutely. And everything you're saying is exactly spot on. <laughs> That's so great, Haley. Well, I, uh, I, I am just thrilled and want to be sure to ask you about uh, some calls to action. How, how can people get further involved in addition to going to the websites and checking out the social media, what, what are some other ways people can connect and get involved? Well, the truth is, is social media first, because we'll be announcing volunteer opportunities, um, filmmaker grant opportunities, film like right now we have submissions open for all filmmakers who would like to exhibit, um, at the EarthX Film Festival, we have a whole screening committee and programming team that will be watching everything that's submitted. Um, we will, and I think also on our social media, we kind of talk about the upcoming festivals that we're partnering with, that we'll be at, um, and also talking about our four down film where it might be coming to a community near you um, at one of your film festivals. So yeah, I kind of think social media, I hate to say that that's the way to go, but probably social media, even over our website, because it's just up, updated all the time, kind of talking about ways to be at to be a part of it all. And if you are at South by Southwest in, I don't know if this is coming out before South by Southwest, but if you are at South by Southwest, um, come by 130 to 3.30 on March 12th, um, that Sunday at 3.10 at ACL Live. Um, We have to let badge holders in first, but other than that, we are letting the general public, it is a free event. So it's another March. what, What day again? March 12th. March 12th. Cool. I'll uh, include that in the show notes, assuming we are able to uh, <laughs> to uh, get this out in time. I'm hopeful. We'll yeah. see. Um, yeah. And I wanted to ask you a question. You know, we'll uh, after recording our um, main mm-hmm. podcast episode, of course, we're going to do a special behind the scenes uh, conversation, which is available to our ambassadors. Uh, you got to have the password to get into the ambassador resources page at yonearth.org to view behind the scenes discussions and other uh, video resources that we've recorded in the past. Um, And maybe we'll dive a little more deeply into this in the behind the scenes piece. But I want to ask you, you know, what's it like kind of for you transiting the arc from your 
work in the perhaps quote unquote more mainstream film world, um, right? Working on a major production like 12 Years a Slave, um, Industrial Light and Magic where you worked, obviously that's touching lots and lots of feature productions that many of us have seen. Um, and, and, you know, working on True Detective for HBO, like what, what's it been like for you going from that milieu into, you know, what you're doing now with, with EarthX and also, you know, into those uh, other independent film festivals? It's a big question. <laughs> um, I went to film school because I grew up with the films like Jurassic Park and Hook and Back to the Future and all these wonderful, fantastical films that many were touched by industrial light and magic. And when I um, graduated film school, I traveled a lot for the first couple of years and I came back and I was like, okay, I want to get into some big films. And I was lucky enough to have some connections to get me a job at industrial light and magic. And I got to work on Avengers and I got to work on Rango and I got to work on Transformers and all these like very, very mainstream, big Hollywood films. Also working with artists who literally worked on the films that I, um, grew up watching that inspired me to get into film in the first place. Um, it was extremely wonderful experience. Um, I wanted a more tactile experience. And so, and more on, on set set because industrial light magic is, um, visual effects. Um, and so I actually, at the time it was 2012, I moved to new Orleans, which was a bit of a gold rush for film jobs at the time. There was major tax incentives, um, for the industry to do films, um, down in new Orleans and the larger Louisiana. And I just jumped in so in the deep end and worked on so many things. Um, 12 Years a Slave, True Detectives, Planet of the Apes, all these things. And I kind of found myself getting to the point where I just, you know, I watched documentaries, but when I was in college and those early years, documentaries weren't really that mainstream. They were kind of something you saw in Europe or a lot of Europeans were making, but not a lot of, there weren't a lot of American companies or filmmakers making them sustainably where they were like actually sustaining themselves as artists doing it. Um, and that kind of changed a bit um, around 2000. Yeah. 2012. And I was just like, man, I really, really, that is where my heart is. Like, I don't just don't, I'm just not quite where I want to be right now. And I applied for a job at Sundance and, um, was lucky enough to land in the, um, U S doc competition where it's just such a prestigious area niche of, of documentaries. And, I saw stuff that really inspired me. And then I started to see this world of environmental documentary and kind of the beginnings of that. So I, I kind of like to say that I started really, really like wide. And then I kept narrowing my focus because I got to Sundance and it was documentary. And then I, it led my way to Telluride and I got into more environmental documentary. And now I'm like literally only working on environmental documentary. And I actually think it all plays upon each other because I do think I will say, and I don't think I know it's not a secret, but Oliver Stone, which is someone that I grew up loving his films, has a new film and a new environmental film out. And I'm just like, it's all kind of like everybody's. Yeah, we're just a little bit ahead of the curve, but I think there's going to be a lot of mainstream filmmakers that are making films that address the current times. Um because it's just too much on all our minds. And yeah, I think it all intertwines because we really, we really do think really understanding like really strong filmmaking, the craft of really strong filmmaking is kind of at the base of it all too. Wow. 
Yeah, and obviously Oliver Stone has put together not only such compelling films from the art and aesthetic standpoint, but also really educational on a number of topics, historical and contemporary, that are so important for us to be aware of. Yeah, absolutely. So I got to ask, uh, we at the Winers community do a lot of our work around health and balance and doing our best when we're really busy or stressed uh, to, you know, take good care of our bodies, our minds, our spirits. And I know you've got to be so busy right now with everything happening. What are some of your own personal practices to maintain health and balance in the midst of such a, a busy life right now? I love that you're asking that question because I've very recently reconnected with kind of my best practices. Um, I grew up <laughs> a cross country runner, um, obviously a place like Telluride and the extensive trails around here um, really lends itself to cross country or long distance running and climbing and hiking. In the winter, it can get pretty dark and cold, shorter days, colder days. Um, and I just like really starting the beginning of the year, I know that's a little bit cliche, but I really made some goals for myself in terms of running. And so I think it's about getting that fresh air in the morning, whether it's walking or running or skiing that has, that really, it kind of takes away. I know that stress, it, it's usually this practice of everything kind of being in front of you and you can't quite see past it or like mm -hmm. progress past it. And I think that getting that fresh air in the morning really helps. It's just a part of it all. It's not the main focus. So it kind of puts good context to everything. Oh, I love it. Yeah. So, so important. And of course, in a place like Telluride, you're with the trees and such beautiful vistas. It's uh, absolutely wonderful. Yeah. To think about that. Absolutely. Well, Haley, I'm, I'm so thrilled. We've had the opportunity to visit and record with you today. And of course, uh, we're going to do our behind the scenes segment uh, here in just a short while. Um, but before we sign off from our main podcast episode, I, I want to invite you, if there's anything else you'd like to say or share with our audience to, uh, to please do so. I think we've really covered everything. That's, that's great. I guess I would just say that, you know, we would love to have you in Dallas, Texas and um, Earth Day's coming up really soon. I bet we're about, I guess, two months, maybe we'll try seven weeks here out from it. But if you find yourself um, wanting to come be part of a really good conversation around the environment and kind of hearing both sides of the story, um, I invite you to come down to Dallas um, this April 20th to 23rd. Those are the dates. It's 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 the Earth Day Earth Day weekend in Austin. Yeah, in Earth Day weekend plus. Yeah, we'll we'll be sure to get the official dates in the show yeah. notes. And uh, yeah, we just echoing uh, Haley's invitation. Uh, we would love for you to get down there as why on Earth will be down there as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, it'll be a, a, a tremendous gathering, celebration, and opportunity to connect. And Haley, thanks so much for being thanks on for the podcast. Me. It's wonderful chatting with you. Yeah, it's been wonderful. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. See you later. Bye-bye. you. The Why on Earth Community Stewardship and Sustainability podcast series is hosted by Aaron William Perry, author, thought leader, and executive consultant. The podcast and video recordings are made possible by the generous support of people like you. To sign up as a daily, weekly, or monthly supporter, please visit 
whyonearth.org support. Support packages start at just $1 per month. The podcast series is also sponsored by several corporate and organization sponsors. You can get discounts on their products and services using the code WHYONEARTH, all one word with a Y. These sponsors are listed on the whyonearth.org backslash support page. If you found this particular podcast episode especially insightful, informative, or inspiring, please pass it on and share it with a friend whom you think will also enjoy it. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for your support. And thank you for being a part of the Why on Earth community.